And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Hello, Doc Manson. That Doc Manson. How in the world are you today? I am good, DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Uh, I have here in front of me white pumpkin pie M and M's. Ooh, so a white chocolate. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So white orange bad boys in half. And there you go. You can see the inside yeah, is, here. The interior is white chocolate. It is white chocolate. And I gotta say, it has a very pleasant pumpkin pie flavor. Sometimes pumpkin spice can go heavy on the spice, you know what I mean? Yeah. This is very much a mild spice, very sweet, and it's very reminiscent of a pumpkin pie. And they come in these nice festive colors. There's orange and sort of that poop brown, diarrhea brown that you get of a pumpkin pie. And there's white. Which I can only assume is supposed to be like whipped cream or something. Sure. I mean, they they all taste the same. They all taste sure. like you've got the crust. Pie. You've got the crust. Now, here's a question: Do they have just plain white chocolate M and M's? Because I would try those, but I don't think I've ever seen them. You know, I don't think they regularly have them, but I know they've been playing with white chocolate. Because, for instance, I don't have them here, but I saw them in the store when I picked up the white pumpkin pie. They also have candy corn flavored M and M's, and those are also white chocolate based. So, I was at the store today, and I've been trying to to eat right, so I've been avoiding the candy aisle specifically. I haven't looked at any seasonal festive confections, but I I might have to partake in something because Shocktober's almost over. It is. You only got a week left or so. Are you still, I mean, what's what's today? Today's the 23rd. Are you 22 for 22? I am 22 for 22. Good for you. I, I, I tell you, this happened to me last year, right around day 18, I would say, day 16, 18, somewhere in there, you really start to lose steam. It's really difficult to then find another movie that you're like, man, all right, I want to watch this. And... So I, I, but I will say I'm starting, I'm starting to feel it now, just like I did last year. Once you get through that rut day, you know, 16, 18 through, let's say day 22. Sure. I think is when it starts sort of reigniting where it's like, okay, we're in the last bit of this. We just got another week to go. We can do this. Mm -hmm. Um, And you start getting that second wind. Well, how often are you watching horror movies the other 11 months of the year? Honestly, not often, and I probably, I probably should watch them more often, just regularly. And I think that's one the one thing that I have found coming out of this. You know, obviously, I've got the Sound Scary podcast, and um, that's a great show. But it's also one where we're sort of celebrating some of the more well-known films, sure. and those are also films that I have to sort of agree with GQ. We both have to be knowledge knowledgeable enough to speak about them um, to some degree. So what I've been finding is I really wish that I had a website where I could write about these horror movies. Now, I know we talked about it last year, or not, last week, rather. I don't want to, I don't think I would want to write about all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there are certain ones I'd like to write about. And further, I think I would also like to, this is sort of what Horrid was going for. I think for this month, I've actually watched a whole hell of a lot 
of Italian horror. I've never been particularly well-versed. It was a, something I've been working on this past year, and this month I've really blasted out a ton of different ones that I hadn't seen yet. And there's still more to go, for sure. But like, I'd like to write more of an evergreen article about giallo or Italian horror just on a whole. Mm -hmm. And I was looking at the website I started putting together for Horrid, and my only problem with writing there is that URL is literally Horrid Podcast. I'm not sure it's ever going to be a podcast at this point. <clears throat> but can so, I tell you, there's something amusing about a website called HorridPodcast.com that is a blog. I, and I think that is wonderful. It's totally my sense of humor. Um, I just don't know that it, it's the right because then for if this you project. did do a podcast, you would just call it the Horrid Blog. <laughs> yeah. So I don't now, know. Now forgive me. What happened to the website you had before we started this journey? You had a website. BeMovieGeek.com. I wasn't going to name it because I didn't know. I can't. Oh, I yeah. could not remember whether or not it was canon for for DC and Doc to talk about BeMovieGeek.com. Why aren't you it just, is? Why aren't you just writing them there? Well, part of the reason is because I mean I I could, but that is built off of the Google Blogger platform which means I don't actually have any real control over a lot of the page, the HTML, making customizations. For the most part, it's a very bare-bones blog site. I've done, actually, I did a lot of customization to it, but they're very difficult, not difficult, but they're workarounds. It's sure. sort of like a house of cards, barely holding itself together. And mm -hmm. while I could continue to expand on it, I would rather have something that I had more control over all of the features, all of the presentation, I feel like there's something to be said for, you know, maybe not a site with a lot of content. I'm not looking to be the next Dread Central or yeah. bloody disgusting. I'm not going to have week. I'm not going to have daily news stories by the dozens here. You know, like like a like a wrestling dirt sheet. It's not what I'm aiming for. But I think there is something to the idea of having a site with some evergreen content, very specific articles on specific topics, and then if I was able to customize the appearance of those pages in such a way that that added to the experience of going through more than just having a photo here. I don't know if it's really possible. I don't know if I'm that talented of a designer, but it's something that appeals to me in terms of trying to do. Okay. And I, I don't know. It's just something that popped into my head. Now, the issue that we were talking about when it came to Horrid was the amount of work you were putting in to every single episode. And I remember doing that with my first ventures into what I believe was called the Neighborhood Podcast. Um, so now when I solo podcast, it is very much just me talking to myself. Are you trying to avoid that? Because you could do horrid podcasts just without the sheer amount of homework. Or is the homework... For in your mind, a required element of what you want to do. I mean, for that particular show, I think it's required because I don't think you can give an accurate history of the genre without actually learning about it. At least okay. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to be putting something together that's, that is that haphazard. Sure. Do you want to do a history? Now, I'm, you know, a history major-ish by trade, so I don't mind. But is that what you want to do, or do you want to just be able to talk about the movies that you watch? I think both to some extent. Sure. Um, 
I, I definitely think that I would produce content more regularly if it wasn't all necessarily well-researched stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just, yeah. And, and so don't get me wrong. I could at any point just sort of repurpose the horrid name and say, well, this is what I want to do with it now. But yeah. again, I just, I do have that sticking point with the URL is literally horrid podcast. And I think it should be something that would be more appropriate for also written work. And I don't think that really works. Yeah. It seems to me, and we may have talked about this before, but you're trying to do essentially what hardcore history is doing, what Dan Carlin is doing for history. You're trying to do that with the horrid podcast. Like you're trying to do these bigger meteor delving deeper episodes. And maybe you only get to a dozen of them in a year. Like it's one per month and you, and you could scatter that with, I watched Suspiria or I rewatched the terrifier because people were, that was something that was big. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Some people on the Twitter feeds. That guy is legit freaky. Like I read, I reread, I remember we talked about it on the show and I actually went and read the Wikipedia article for it. Um, like, does it talk about that scene? Um, not in as much detail as you did. (laughs) Gotcha. But, but I was like, I remember it being interesting. You know, you've talked about a couple of movies. I would never want to watch the terrifier, but there are some interesting story elements to it that I enjoyed. The same went with it follows. I was like, that sounds like an awesome horror movie. Yes. The premises were good. Yeah. No, fair enough. Um, all right. So you're, you're, you've caught up anything speak to you the last week or so. Um, not really. I think I've watched kind of a lot of mediocre films, although I did the two Italian films I watched Tenebre. I don't know how to really pronounce that. And, uh, the cat O nine tales are both Dario or Gento movies. Um, both of them were very good. Cat of nine tales is the second film in Dario Argento's, uh, animal trilogy the first being the bird with the crystal plumage which i think is a title most people have heard even if they don't know what the movie is okay have you heard that one no never heard that title before it sounded familiar but it might just be that i like the word plumage (laughs) fair enough but yeah cat of nine tails was actually really quite good um and tenebre was also i thought pretty excellent but gorier than some of the earlier films but it is a later uh, Giallo, 1982. And, um, yeah, both pretty good. Last night I watched, uh, excuse me here. Last night I watched the sequel to Happy Death Day, which is called Happy Death Day to You. Um, and that is that Groundhog Day slasher film that I told you about last time. The sequel was not good. So, I'm just gonna say that here. How often... How often when you watch a horror movie, do you actually stop watching and being like, no, I don't even want to finish it? Never. Okay. <laughs> Never. I, I, pretty I, much, like, I finish I would, everything I would like I to know how bad it needs to be for you to just throw in the towel. Yeah, but I mean, I don't want to talk specifics about this movie, but imagine you're familiar with Groundhog Day, right? Bill Murray's character. I don't know how you would do a sequel. Right. So imagine if your idea for the sequel was... Okay, so the first film was this unexplained cosmic happenstance where this one man, played by Bill Murray, he has to relive the same day over and over and over again. And 
whether it's about doing the day right or whether it's about becoming a better person, there's something to that story, something that, again, it's this sort of cosmic confluence of factors that you don't need, that you don't understand and you don't necessarily need to understand for that film to work, right? Now, sure. imagine if the sequel to that, move, to that movie was, uh, okay, Bill Murray, so you are, you know, living in this rented room. Um, and let's just find out that the person in the room next to you has been building a quantum computing machine that opened a, a rip into the space-time continuum, and that's the entire reason why everything in the first movie happened. And let's make this entire movie about solving this science problem now, about multi-dimensions and time travel. And again, like to me, a lot of what makes Groundhog Day good is the fact that yeah, okay, this sort of cosmic event is happening. Why is it happening? It's ambiguous. It doesn't matter. And I think explaining that takes something away from the experience of that first film, right? There's yeah. something to the idea of, we don't know why this is happening, and you don't need to know. It's better that you don't know, in my opinion. Um, and so, again, the roundabout way of talking about it, but I think Happy Death Day to you tried way too hard to explain everything. And it lost sight of what actually made the first movie enjoyable, <clears throat> yeah. in my opinion. No. Groundhog Day 2 would have to involve like Morgan Freeman playing God and basically explaining to Bill Murray, I did this to you because, and now we're going to do... I'm now imagining a series of horror movies all based around holidays. I'm sure they all exist already. I know, but like a series with like similar characters and they just keep, you know, Arbor Day, <laughs> serial killing trees. A tree who is a serial killer or someone who is killing trees? I like that it's an ent <laughs> that is just <laughs> killing people. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> all right. I wanted to get your opinion on on this subject. Have you picked up for yourself yet wwe 2k20 you know very well that those games in my opinion are hot garbage trash fires and have been for several years so no i have not I picked say, it up. so yes however because... i would like to say that everything i've seen about 2k20 has proven me 100 percent correct about that series now, maybe you know more about this than I. You, you have your finger on the pulse of video games more than I do. What has gone wrong? Why? Now, granted, the games were not great before. But there are very clear differences this year, right? Isn't yes. it, this is certainly an inflection point. The graphics have gotten a thousand times worse in terms of, you know, faces looking like the person. In terms of graphical glitches, people falling mm -hmm. through the mats, people yeah. vibrating on the ropes, a referee uh, you know, falling a referee halfway through the mat, and gyrating, gyrating on Charlotte, Charlotte. Flair's yes. face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay, beautiful. So I watched that one several times. Um, <laughs> so here's my question. So here's yes. my question. When what happened? You're, when you're making a annual game, because it's the same company, right? Well, if you want to know what happened, I can tell you exactly what happened. Lay it on so, me. 2K is the publisher of this series and has been for a few years now. They picked it up, and that's when it became the WWE 2K whatever series. Before that, different publisher. Yeah. Once, once 2K bought the publishing rights, 
to it. Um, again, they annualized it and they really stopped putting money into developing it or making it better. They just were pumping out the new thing, new coat of skin, new characters every year. That was it. That sufficed for the updates. Don't be wrong, there were minor differences, but not anything well-developed. This past year, um, the developer, which is not different from the publisher, the developer of the game, who was Ukes, mm -hmm. um, basically came out and said, well, we've been working on this other project that we'd really like to have some time to work on and some money, and we're setting up a separate team, because we think we could do a lot more with our engine, because, again, the game engine is developed by Ukes. This is all them. And... It became clear that there was a sentiment within Ukes, the developers of the game, and that you know they really wanted to have the ability to try something new. And 2K saying, "No, we don't want to spend any more money on this. So just keep doing the thing that you're doing." And it came to such a disagreement that Ukes and 2K have parted ways. So the vast majority of the development of this this year's game was done by a very small team that only sort of helped with small portions of the previous editions. Got Instead, it. they got saddled with basically, it wasn't exactly, it hasn't been the whole year. Ukes was working on it for a, little, for a small portion of the last year, but for the most part, it's been this other very small team that got saddled with this. And clearly, it's not their engine. They, are yeah. not, they were never the lead developers on this, and clearly they don't know how to use those tools the way that the folks at Ukes did. And this is what happens. Yeah. Well, and that's it. Cause I'm thinking there's a lot of things I'm thinking. I'm like, all right, clearly this game had issues, but you can't have a 2k yearly game without a yearly release heading into the holiday season. So I, I don't think they could have gone to WWE and said, the game's not ready yet. We'll just call it 2k 21. I mean, they could, there's no one who says they have to release it every year. That's yeah. their decision. They're nickel and diming that. the fans. But, you know, the fans are complaining about this game now. Imagine how they would have felt if they were like, well, we're not doing a game. And At least Twitter wouldn't be flooded with GIFs and videos of all the most ridiculous, terrible, broken scenarios. Sure. You know what I mean? Well, and the best part about it is that means that every probably everybody who is posting those GIFs and videos spent 60 to 90 dollars on the game apparently they sure did you could buy some deluxe edition for 130 dollars that had some autographs they got pictures of edge without an autograph on it they they twittered edge and or they tweeted at edge and said hey i don't even know if you know about this and he's like yep had no idea i was supposed to sign anything i'll get a p.o box send it to me and i'll sign it and send it back like that's a terrible way to do business um I don't know if you know this, but GameStop sent out an email to people that purchased the game reminding them that, or not reminding them, but offering basically a full refund if you want to return it within the next couple of days. Yeah. Like, it's that bad. Yeah. But, you know, and, and again, the part I love is the people who are posting, oh, this shows why AEW is better. And I'm like, this has yeah. nothing to do with AEW. Well, it has a certain, the, the only thing that it has to do with it is WWE is the mainstream place. It's the only wrestling federation that matters, and they're the only game in town when it comes to big mainstream 3D wrestling releases, right? You're, there was nowhere else to go. Yeah, there are other wrestling games, but nothing on the scale of what these games tried to be. This was your only... Yes. And so, but yeah, you're right. It doesn't, it's not necessarily... It's not necessarily WWE, but at the same time, if WWE went to 2K and said, 
Because you have to imagine, somebody at WWE saw this thing pre-release. They knew what was happening. At some point, if they said to 2K, hey, um, listen, we're partners on this. And if you release a game in this state with our brand all over it, this doesn't reflect well on our brand. I would think that at some point in that process, if they pushed hard enough as the license holder, yes. they could get that delayed. Now, admittedly, it may not be in their best interest. As you said, you're going to the holiday season. You really don't want to have a video game release this holiday season. I get it. In terms of being a business, you want to make money. You want to have that product out there. But at the same time, you can't say WWE is blameless in this case because I do think as the license holder, if they really wanted to, they knew the shitstorm that was possibly coming. They could have stopped it. They could have stopped it. They but it's not have. in their corporate culture to do so. Yes. Uh, Which is again. an example of why AEW is better. Long about roundabout way of getting there. But potentially, you could see the argument. You could see the argument. Yes, but at the same time, we don't have a comparable thing in AEW. No, not at all. But this is, again, it's not about comparing a product. To me, it's about comparing... Um, it's not really. It's not even fair to call it a comparison, but it is to say the WWE culture allowed this. Yes, and it is our presumption that the AEW culture does not. And you're right; that's a huge presumption. Yes, that's just that's not real. If you want to say the WWE is just grabbing at the money, sure. The same reason why they're you know I've said it a hundred times. They need to try hard enough to get you to pay nine ninety nine a month. Yeah. No, and fair but, enough. And you're right. You're right. Fair enough. Fair enough. But but at the same time, yes, I like I. Hey, you want to spend $60 on a broken game so you can laugh at the ridiculousness of it? Go ahead. Yeah. But, but, laugh at the ridiculousness of it. But you're, they're making money. so uh, No, you're right. 100%. They're going to make money. And, I don't, and that's the thing. As you said, how many people bought this? People, how many people are going to buy the next one? Just as many. I, I don't really think this is indicative of anything. Having said that, I think this is it for 2K. I don't. You don't think they're going to do 2K21? Oh, they will do 2K21. You don't think WWE might get enough backlash that they're like, we're going to, you know. It's way too easy. There's a good chance what WWE will say. There's a good chance that there'll be enough of a backlash. And with Ukes being out of the picture, I mean, maybe they would try to reverse that course. I hope they don't, actually. But... If Ukes is really out of the picture, the one thing I could see happening is WWE goes to 2K and says, hey, I think we have to take 2021 off. We're not going to have a game next year. Take two years to make the next installment. That's, I think, possible. There's Maybe. precedent for that in the video game industry. The NBA license has had to do something like that um, a few times in the last sure. decade or so. So, I mean, there's precedent anyways. Yeah. Well... You know, I wasn't going to buy the game. I haven't bought the game in the last couple of years. I think I may. No, I don't even know if I got one, whichever one was part of the PlayStation Now thing, which I'm now mm. regretting paying for because I haven't plugged my PlayStation in in a couple of months. So all these games that I could play for free. Um, What are you, you playing? Uh, are you playing anything? You should plug in your PlayStation. Why is that? I don't know. So you can play some video games. I, I, I have debated playing Skyrim, of all things. And then ah. there was a part of me that was like, okay, I could play Fortnite and just see what the second map. The idea that you can play with bots. I'm like, if I could play it just myself, just going around and attacking a bunch of bots at very low 
difficulty, yeah. I'd play that game. Yeah, so I've, I've still been playing Gears 5. Um, sure. Horde mode. I've... How many how many uh, besties have joined you? Zero. I guess Gears is just not very popular with the besties. That's okay. Apparently. Um, but I, I'm in part of that Xbox, you know, Game Pass on the PC. And so there, I saw one of the games that's available to play is, uh, you had mentioned this game some time ago, and I think I was pretty negative on it at the time. Um, Vampire? Yes. Remember that game? Yes. Yeah, I haven't played it yet, but it is free with Game Pass. And since I have Game Pass, I have downloaded it. Uh, so I, I have intentions of playing it uh, leading into Halloween. Just to, I feel like it's kind of appropriate, so I'll, I'll give it a shot. But you're playing free Gears is the right 5, price. right? Yeah. Okay. Why? No reason. Sending a tweet. <laughs> Don't check Twitter. <laughs> I never will. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I was just thinking. I was just thinking about that because you know, I I knew I wanted to bring up WWE 2K20, and I was wondering if somebody in the one of the besties might have emailed about it, and I was like, I wonder how that game worked because I, you know, people ask have asked what kind of game would I create? Would I create a wrestling game? And I'm like, no, I feel like there's only so much you can do with that. I want a game where I can literally kill every other character in the world. But, and yeah. that apparently you can do in Vampire, I believe, is you can kill okay. every NPC. I'm, well, I'll, I'll let you know how my say, murder spree goes. If I find out that that's free in PlayStation now, I'm just going to be I like, might, then I dim might the have to plug it in. Dim the fangs. Dim the, so. Every single dialogue option at the end, it better just end with give them the fangs instead. And if so, I am just going to pick that in every dialogue tree the entire game. Give him the fangs. I wasn't planning on going to UrbanDictionary.com, but now I feel like I want to look up and see what that is. That has to be something. It's got to be something. It's the rule of Urban Dictionary. You go check that out. Uh, in the meantime, I will say that I have continued to be more interested in wrestling, professional wrestling, this past week than I have in you know recent months. And I watched the third week's episode of AEW's Dynamite. Did you watch the whole thing? Yes, I watched the whole thing. Amazing, right? The whole two hours. Well, it's more like an hour and 35 minutes when you cut out all the commercials. Fair enough. Uh, What'd you think? It was good. It continued to be good. I will say... I and I said this to you before. It's starting to really feel like AEW is the home of tag team wrestling. You like tag team wrestling? Check out AEW. Maybe it's just because they've got a uh, tag team tournament going on right now to crown their champions. I don't know, but every match on that show, except for one, was a tag team match. Really? Yeah, it was like three tag matches. Well, yes, there's a tournament, and then also you use a tag match to get people on TV. Yeah, and they did yeah. that too. One one of those tag matches was uh, John Moxley and Pac, the bastard, oh, yes. Pac, versus Kenny Omega and um, Hangman Page, I think. Sure. Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. And was that good? was a good match, also. And th- that one was because you've got you know some guys there who are clearly building up some singles feuds and keeping sure. them away from each other, but still in the mix. Like you understood why that was a match. What were your thoughts on Moxley? How does Moxley differ than what you remember about Dean Ambrose? Moxley is the pit bull Dean Ambrose from the early days of the Shield. Okay. 
That's what he is. And he's excellent. He's unpredictable in that way. Um, in this particular episode, you know, I mean, it's not necessarily unpredictable. Don't get me wrong. JR was, oh, the unpredictable box. Whatever, whatever. I mean, obviously he was going to turn on Pac because they, they were not getting along for did weeks. Did they call him a lunatic fringe? They did not, which is also wonderful. Hey, I was watching that end sequence from the week before. Uh, was it the week before or was it the beginning of this episode? I don't remember. Though It was a segment where Chris Jericho was coming out and, you know, he's aligned himself with uh, Juventud Guerrero and uh, Ortiz and Santana and um, Jack Swagger and Jack Jack Jacob ha- ha- Hager, Jake, Jake Hager. Jake, Jake Hager. What, what, Ortiz, and what's the other guy's name? Santana. You had it right. Santana. Okay, I wasn't sure. I, I, at first, I thought that was just a guitarist. You had them all right, including Juventud Guerrero. <laughs> yeah, Juventud Guerrero. Um, Sa- Sammy G- Guevara? Guevara. 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 Yeah, see, I got it. Um, and so he was introducing him, that their faction, which is going to be known as the Inner Circle. Um, and you probably saw this all over Twitter, but when... Hagar came out, the crowd, and that's the thing about these shows that I think is actually really great. These are big arenas, and these crowds are into it. And I know we've gone back and forth on the show about crowds taking over a show and trying to, like, but that's not what these crowds are doing. They're actually responding to the action in front of them for the most part. And being an appropriate part of the show. Yeah. Now, that said... The thing now, the thing I'm going to talk about is probably them not being an appropriate part of the show. Jack Hagar comes out and they start chanting, We the people, we the people, we the people. And again, you probably already saw this all over Twitter, but Jericho's response is, We the people are dead. And then the crowd reacts to that and he's feeding off the crowd because the crowd really was into that. And he responds to that with, um, it was a stupid idea from bad creative yes. and the crowd just ate it the hell up. Like there is an edginess there that's earned and appropriate. And yet you can't depend on that forever. I think impact TNA back in the day, they tried to just go from, you know, the next WWE star, to the next WWE star. And they all came in with their big, speeches about you know new york and you can't do that sustainably forever that's not what this was no they're building their own thing but they're also acknowledging what's happening in the other product and that's Mm -hmm. all people want with the internet we know what's going on everybody knows what's going on just acknowledge it yeah i have been anti the pot shots that the AEW guys have taken towards WWE. And I've also been anti pot shots. that WWE has been taking towards AEW. That's an exception though. And it's the same thing with, I, I don't remember if it was the outlaws hall of fame induction or something, but Hunter made some comment about Billy Gunn going to work yeah. for AEW. And I thought that was fine. And I thought what Jericho said was fine. Truthfully, I was like, that's funny and clever. And it's, it's- not, it's part of the promo. It was part of, there was a it was, definite and, purpose. And that's the thing. It wasn't part of the promo. I don't think that was something that Chris Jericho went out there intending to say. He no. reacted to the crowd. No. And that's what real, makes it exciting. Moment. He went off script. He wasn't following a bullet point. And the fact that it feels like that's possible is what is exciting yeah. about AEW. I don't feel like that's possible 
in WWE. Okay, yeah. Uh, the Uso said something really nasty about Xavier Woods in a rap battle. Ooh! You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's not the same thing. That got vetted. Somebody knew that was going to be said. At least that's how everything feels because everything's so produced sure. in the WWE. Yeah. I, so I, I hate well, that's the the downside of being a publicly traded worldwide company that accepts the fact that they're going to go to Saudi Arabia a couple times yeah. a year and grab a whole boatload of cash. Like you're going to have to play ball a certain way. And if AEW allows you to play ball a different way, that's great. Hager was on some, whether it was a podcast or an interview, and he was talking about how he watches WWE and he sees like guys like Cesaro and guys like Rusev. And, you know, he just feels so glad that he was able to get away from having to be in that sort of world. And I totally, I respect that opinion. Like, if you don't have to be in that world, you don't want to be in that world. If Cesaro decides when his contract's up, he wants to go try AEW, think good for him. It's super appropriate. I think it's, not appropriate. I don't know the right way to phrase this. I'm glad to hear that he's doing that off of AEW, though. I don't think those are the sorts of storylines you want to build your product around. As I think TNA, like I said, they 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 had they made some good change off of you know bringing in um, Christian Cage about bringing in. I mean, let's face it, even Hulk Hogan, and you know what I mean. Like they made they made it their thing to bring in the former WWE guys. And there yeah. is some mileage to get out of that, but it's not sustainable as I think they proved. No. So, you know, take the shots when they're, when they are appropriate, Chris Jericho, but I don't think you, if Jack Hagar, Jake Hagar has a problem with his time in WWE, I don't think he needs to talk about it on television. No, whoever the first guy that goes from WWE to AEW now that AEW exists, whether it's Cesaro or Rusev or apparently Randy Orton, whoever it is, can't have their opening promo be getting on the mic and talking badly about WWE for 10 minutes. And frankly, in the in this in the modern day, you think about the way that John Moxley got his word out on Jericho's podcast after you know, getting released from his contract yeah. like that in the modern world. I think that's the way you do this. Yeah. You don't do it on television because well, the people who care are going to see it and hear it and listen to the two hour long yeah. podcast and be energized and come to the product with that energy. Yep. And it's not the biggest name, but the first guy is going to be Mike Bennett. Yeah. Like he left. He, he, he requested his release. That explains what was it granted. Been... I believe so. Because what I think he did is he requested his release a while ago and like gave his notice and served it out, which is why for the last weeks he was on TV, he was being whatever the word is, he was being dominated by Maria and he was being made to look like a pathetic loser. I'm like, they were trying to bury him on the way out, which is something that you do. I'm not even sure if that's I'd like to believe that's it, true. It might not but be true. He and Maria just signed a multi-year contract with the WWE like a matter of months ago. He tweeted out he requested his release. Again, maybe it's like Harper. Harper requested his release. It wasn't granted. And apparently he was taken off TV for a while because he publicly did it. 
But I don't know. Either yeah. way, Mike Bennett might be the first guy to make that jump. You know, he might have legitimate things to say, but it can't be all of it. If he wants to bring yeah. it up in the course of the, you know, I'm glad to be here in a place where, you know, I'm going to get the chance to shine. That's really all you need to say. You want to make yeah. it. I saw Jungle Boy um, for the first time in action against the Lucha Brothers. Luchasaurus, of course, injured, taking his place with some shrimp of a man. I forget what his name is. Marco uh, something. Marco or... Stunt. Marco what? Stunt. S-T-U-N-T. Stunt. 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 As though he had stunted growth. Yes. Um, guy's small, but whatever. I mean, in, in a world where size doesn't matter, you know, Ray Mysterio and all that, the guy can go. The guy can go. Lucha Brothers were great to see in action. I'd forgotten how much I enjoy Pentagon. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just a real intense <clears throat> sort of badass. Well, well, what's funny to me is I watched him on an episode of AEW Dark, but he wasn't. it wasn't Pentagon Dark. It's just Pentagon Jr., and yeah. so he wasn't the same character I had come to see from Lucha yeah, Underground. Yeah, he's not, he's not as intense as the version from Lucha Underground, that's yeah. for sure. Um, but I, there is still something about him, about the getup, the costume, the Seattle Miedo, like it, it all still plays. Yeah. You know? And Phoenix um, is yeah. fantastic. Yeah, he is. Like, I don't know, man. Like, you talk about, well, I don't know. Maybe, I guess maybe you... At this point, you're, you've seen the flippy dippy stuff, and you're maybe you're over it. And again, I, there is there's some of that in AEW, certainly more so than WWE. But I don't know, man. Just watching the action, watching the wrestling, like mm-hmm. if you like wrestling, I think you should watch this show. I appreciate a spot fest when, like, there's a time and a place for a spot fest, and I appreciate it when there is some storytelling elements. All of the stuff that Phoenix did with uh, Mil Mertes in Lucha Underground in that early season, it mm-hmm. was amazing. There was a yeah. story being told, and there was excellent aerial flippy-dippy power wrestling. Best I feel of like, both worlds. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing as grand as the storytelling as we got in Lucha Underground, but I feel like every match that I've watched has had just enough reason that I should be caring about what's happening and they're doing an excellent job. I think of weaving in the moment to moment storytelling Mm -hmm. with the in-ring action enough that I am watching and I'm interested. Good. Hey, you are watching wrestling. I'm happy. Just saying, I think you should watch it. I, when I can find a way to watch it, because the TNT app requires a cable subscription to sign Mm. in when I get that. Yeah. Fair enough. You want to text me some info? You go for it. You got it. <laughs> um, I enjoyed, I've watched two shows of wrestling this week, and I enjoyed them both. The first, Monday Night Raw, was a very good wrestling show. I don't believe you. <clears throat> I watched the hour and a half Hulu version. Yes, Rusev crashes a dinner date that Lana is having with Lashley, and there's a brawl in a restaurant, and Lana's like standing up on a booth trying to hit Rusev with her shoe. But that's okay. But outside, yeah, it wasn't bad. But the matches, you know, when the draft happened, we said Raw got all the wrestlers. SmackDown got all the names for the most part. Drew McIntyre versus Ricochet. Awesome match. Andrade versus Sin Cara, of all people. 
quicker match. Still very good. Sin Cara. I was like, oh, man, Sin Cara is not a bad wrestler. That's a guy who exists. Yeah. Um, what else? Oh, Seth Rollins versus Humberto Carrillo in one of those, you know, Humberto Carrillo is a cruiserweight. He was on 205 Live. Very, very good. He and Rollins had an excellent match. And then is the it street- the secret identity of the um, Hamburger Helper mascot? No. No? Humberto so. just sounds like that's what the Hamburger <laughs> Got it. Helper he's the Hamburger Love should be called. No. He's, he's now, he's the new, I have a cape. I wrestle and I have a cape. Oh, the new Neville. Got it. Yeah. And then the Street Profits. Oh, by the way, Puck. I forgot. <laughs> Puck is so good. Yeah, he is. And he's got such a great sneer. I love the new gimmick. It's awesome. Oh, my like, God. And granted, it's, it's not new. He was doing it in yeah. WWE for a while. But I just, him as I a forgot. heel is awesome. I forgot. Whew. Sorry, you were saying. But yeah, the Street Profits had their debut against Gallows and Anderson. Also very good. So, you know, from a wrestling perspective, it was a very enjoyable show. Yeah. And admittedly, like the AEW, a lot of, you know, the enthusiasm is probably the honeymoon period. I don't know who any of these people are. I'm learning. Like, you I know, think I, I'm invested. I think you're going to be into it because it is it is so, from everything you say, there are parts of it that are so different from what you have come to expect from WWE that you are yeah. going to find it refreshing for a while. Oh, the main event, not to keep talking about AEW, the main event was Chris Jericho versus Darby Allen for the AEW championship. Yeah. Darby Allen. And so this might fall into a spot fest for the sake of a spot fest, maybe. But at some point in, in, the, in the match, Chris Jericho has been unable to beat Darby Allen. And Darby Allen's got this thing where, you know, he's just relentless. He can take pain and just power through it. And he's going to go with that more hardcore style. Like there's kendo sticks out, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. And at some point, Jericho is just frustrated. He can't put this guy down. He goes under the ring, takes out the gaffer's tape and just ties up his hands behind his back. And you're just like, okay, now Chris Jericho is just going to beat the living crap out of this kid for the rest of this match. From that point on, Darby Allen showed me that he is going to be a fucking star. Like, that kid, it's flippy-dippy bullshit, don't get me wrong, but he had his hands literally tied behind his back, and he was doing moves off the second rope and the top turnbuckle, like flips and, and, and swantons and, and, and all sorts of stupid... It's like, how are you balancing yourself? If you, Literally, with his hands tied behind his back. Did you watch, did they show you the skateboard spot from, I think it was last week? No, <clears throat> it's one of the it's a brawl at the end of the episode and people keep coming out and Jericho's on the outside of the ring and Darby Allen on a skateboard skateboards down the ramp and then jumps off the skateboard onto Jericho. Awesome. Um, Yeah, I just. Would they're you doing say, everything right right now. Would you say that AEW has had any influence from Lucha Underground? Do you think there's anything that they took from that show and are using it on the Maybe. bigger stage? The one thing I will say besides about... the Lucha Brothers, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, clearly those and Luchasaurus. Um, AEW as a show has very little downtime. Um, so, th- like I said, there was this in-ring promo with Jericho introducing the Inner Circle, but it moved. It didn't last that long. Maybe 10 minutes, maybe less. 
And like, it never felt like it was overstaying its welcome because he was saying interesting things the sure. whole time. And they just move from wrestling match to wrestling match. And maybe when, when John Moxley is on his way to the ring, maybe they blow out to him backstage somewhere, sitting in this row of seats, giving a really intense 10, 20 second promo. But it's happening as he's making his way to the sure. ring. Is not losing any time. That's you're getting a, the that's story. Yeah, but they're getting the story across. They're getting you invested. The promo is quick, and you know everything that you need to know. And then, yep. boom, you're in the action. Yep. And like they're just using their time so incredibly well yeah. that you never have. And that's actually goes back to the thing with the commercials. Outside of the commercials, you never have an opportunity to say I'm bored because it just keeps moving. And I sure. think to go back to your question. I think that's something that Lucha Underground did very well. Although, of course, they did it from a more highly soap opera style produced yeah. point of view. But it's the same thing. Yeah. No, I think that's right. And that's a, you know, you watch 1992 WWF superstars when Papa Shango is making his way to the ring. They show you a little picture in picture and there's his 30 second little yeah. promo. And by the time it's done, he's in the ring and the match starts. And they've so. said everything that needs to be said. Like, I don't need 15, 20 minutes of Rusev in the ring throwing fishes. Don't get me wrong. We got an excellent yes, two or three seconds of a fish being thrown, but that wasn't worth the other 25 minutes. Yeah. <clears throat> I know you haven't watched it, but if you're going to watch any more wrestling, yeah. watch the Aaron Stevens, a.k.a. Damian Sandow interview from oh, yeah. NWA Power. Because right. not only is it excellent crowd control on his part, but then he shows you a uh, a little sneak peek of his new movie called Tropical Pirates. <laughs> it's hilarious. Nice. So, you know, I'm, I'm not in love with NWA power this week, I found myself fast forwarding more than I usually do. Maybe that's just because I was watching it at five 30 in the morning this morning. That's but, the um, one thing that I think AEW was clearly missing though, a sense of humor. Um, I, I can't say I've seen anything that I thought was wrestling, stupid wrestling, silly. Cause I enjoy that aspect of the yeah. product. I wonder if it's going to take a while for that to show up because they are trying to be so different. And I think mm. you've got to move away from that. Right. Yeah, so, maybe. Although Chris Jericho did the little bit of the bubbly thing. So that was That's true. I mean, there is elements in there, even if yeah. they're not dwelling on them. <clears throat> Would you like to dwell on some emails since we're already 45 minutes in? Podcast at ddtwrestling.com. Our first email comes from Mitchell, and it is sports versus entertainment. Since Dynamite has been on, <laughs> I've actually been faithfully watching a wrestling show in its entirety for th three weeks in a row now. Can't remember the last time I could say that. Doc Manson's with you. He's coming along. But it's made me realize something. When it comes to the two major companies right now, I like what WWE does more than I like what AEW does. But AEW does what they do so much better than WWE. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking specifically from an enjoyment standpoint, obviously in terms of running a company and production value. WWE has a huge head start on AEW. Do you I mean, agree maybe with that? I don't, maybe he's going to get into this, but I don't understand what he means by 
that he likes WWE more, but AEW does what they do so much better. I don't under I don't really understand what that means. I think he's going to explain. But what okay. do you think about the production value of AEW? Um, it's it's certainly poor compared to the WWE. Okay. I think it's perfectly serviceable. Sure. But again, they've got all this pyro and stuff going off, and it feels like impact, not WWE. Well, my question was just like, I'm watching AEW Dark. That's the only thing I'm watching of it. And it does look a little different, but it looks almost like NXT-ish. Yeah, I think it... Hard to say. I haven't watched NXT, obviously, since it made the... the debut on USA. So sure. I can't say for sure, but I feel like the production values of AEW are higher than higher than full sale, but I'm not sure if that's really the production value or if I'm conflating that with the larger crowd and the atmosphere mm-hmm. of the, it's not really an arena, but you know what I'm saying? I get what you're it saying. It feels more like a larger thing than a, than NXT could ever feel like being in, Stuck in full sale. Okay. All right. Back to Mitchell's email. But in terms of their television program, WWE is very much trying to be an entertainment-based variety show. And AEW is leaning much more heavily into the sports side of things, which would explain, like we just talked about, why AEW has been hesitant, perhaps, to do the silly stuff. Yep. As for me, I could watch an entire wrestling show without wrestling, as long as the promos were good enough. That's a slight exaggeration, but not far from the truth. WWE loves 30-minute in-ring promos, exchanges on the mic, etc. AEW mostly relies on short video packages to tell their stories, and the show primarily consists of action-packed matches. All right, so he's just summing up what you just said. 100%. The issue is lately, WWE promos rarely put me on the edge of my seat, make me care about who wins or who loses, or anything of the like. I'm not saying it never happens, but it's not the norm. Whereas with AEW, their matches are almost always good, and while there isn't much promo work, the little that they do show us has consistently made me desperately want to see the face overcome the heel, even if I don't think it's the right call from a booking standpoint. It's managed to pull me out of armchair booker mode and watch as a fan. To summarize from earlier, they do what they do much better than WWE does. That being said, as I'm much more inclined to love a promo exchange than a wrestling match, I hope that does not remain the case for WWE much longer. I would love to get sucked in again. Thoughts? Yeah, okay. I see what he's saying. The things that AEW does, it does better than the WWE, but the scope of AEW is reduced versus the WWE. Yeah. And And I think that's accurate. Yeah. Raw's three hours. AEW's two. But again... I didn't watch the whole three-hour product, but there was quite a bit of wrestling in what I watched. Like, they went yeah. pretty quickly. And don't forget, like, yeah, Raw's three hours, but SmackDown is two, and NXT is another two? If you count, and yeah. And then 205 and... is one, and NXT. Like, WWE has a lot more time to fill. Yeah. So to some extent, it makes sense that you're going to have some 30-minute promos on there. Meanwhile, I think, as you sort of said earlier, AEW is trying to get as many people as you can on the show. Tag matches are great for that. Um, but to actually get people on the show, you can't spend 30 no. minutes on the microphone. But It's I love just not that. possible. I do love the idea that they're fast-paced. NXT used to be that way. They're they're kind of not as much anymore now, but it used to be like one match. St- like you watched the guys go up the ramp and the next guy was coming out. 
yeah. then they would have an interchange and be like, oh, are you teasing a future alliance or a future feud? Because you pass by each other and there's some words exchanged. So Right. Yeah, there's um, some good stuff. Yeah. I, I will look into it. Because, again, what I've watched from AEW Dark, I've liked. I'm going to watch this week's episode as soon as I get time to do it. So it's and not I, like I'm, you know, I, I'm not anti AEW. I just literally don't have a way to watch it. Right Mitchell, you know, highlighted that it's much more of a sports focus, which I think is interesting. Cause I typically have no interest in sports. And as you know, I don't really care much about wrestling. I mean, I do like wrestling matches. Don't get me wrong. I like wrestling matches, but I've always said in the WWE, I've always, I just need enough story to make me invest. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that AEW is doing. And yeah, maybe it's just wins and losses, but that's all you need sometimes. And the WWE even fails to provide that. They yeah. Even like the most basic framing, the most basic suspension of disbelief that this is a legitimate sporting contest of some kind, they abandoned that framework years ago. Right or wrong. I'm not going to yeah. say it's good or bad. But without that, you have to justify everything. And they don't have enough creative to actually justify all the hours of product they need to put on every week. They, I almost think the WWE would benefit from bringing back some of that sports-like frame. I wouldn't be surprised if that is one of the reactions to this, especially now that it does look like we're getting a more wrestling-oriented show and a more entertainment-oriented show. I haven't watched SmackDown Maybe even since they moved to I Fox. will say, I think it's very strange that the SmackDown is not the sports-oriented show. That They put more of the characters on there. Because when you consider that like Fox ha- is reaching a much wider demographic. Sure. But then, and so don't get me wrong. Yeah, so the mainstream funny stuff probably appeals to more people more broadly than my professional wrestling contest does. But you also consider the fact that like Fox was really pushing WWE SmackDown like during their sports um, programming, you would think that the best overlap there would be for the more serious sports-oriented show, yeah. synergistically, to be on Fox. I, I'm not really sure how they arrived at this reverse, Well, that's me, armchair, whatever. Well, I, I know again, nothing about it. But. You know, looking at the roster, going to the Wikipedia page that I tend to go to a lot, looking at the roster, they've got, you know... They've got Lesnar, they've got Roman, they've got Shorty G. Did you know that's what they call Chad Gable now? He's now known as Shorty G. Yeah, I knew that. And uh, once again, I'm very glad I'm not watching that show. They've got Daniel Bryan, they've got Cesaro. Like, they've got some of the athletes So why is he there. not Shorty B? Because his name's Chad Gable? No, 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 Daniel Bryan. I mean, if somebody was going to be a shorty. There's an alternate universe where he is shorty B. No doubt. All right. Um, Doc's going to read us the next email. Vignette one, the three Billy Goats Gruff from the DDT hype team. It's story time. Have you heard of the three Billy Goats Gruff story? Once upon a time, there were three goats. They lived happily eating fresh grass that Doc Manson lawned. Munch, munch, munch. One day, there was no grass left, but they saw a fresh patch of juicy grass. All they had to do was go across the bridge. However, under this bridge was a troll. This troll was very weird. He would email podcasts pretending to be people. 
he would add strangers to group chats and talk to naked men at gyms at midnight. The first goat, Stephanie, tried to cross the bridge. The troll said, I am going to eat you. But Stephanie said, Eat Bethany. She is bigger. The troll tried to eat the next goat as he let Steph pass. She said, Eat Beverly. She's bigger. But by then, all three goats had disappeared. Never to be seen in DDT land ever again. Never ever be seen again. Don't worry. I feel like that don't worry in parentheses is directed to you, DC. The troll sat under the bridge, licking his wounds, his consulate melancholic and lost. Then one day, a nerdy school teacher came along and consoled the troll and built his confidence back up and made him leave his troll days behind. As they walked away from the bridge holding hands, they looked back under the bridge. As they watched the water under the bridge together, they watched the water under the bridge together. They watched the water under the bridge soak away forever. The troll is now rehabbed. The troll is now wrestling email-minded. The troll is now an eloquent conversationalist. DDT 200. He returns. 28 days. Hashtag. He's coming. It wasn't until the water under the bridge part <laughs> that I was like, all right. I liked it. I, I like it too. I honestly do. <laughs> I didn't, I, I, I was like, I'm not going to like it. I'm going to hate everything about it. It's just going <laughs> to, no, actually this is ridiculously clever. Uh-huh. This, this next email comes in from Brandon Banks and it is titled. Thank you, doc. No, that's not what it says. <laughs> Don't lie. Thank you. I'm pretty sure it's just a typo, because if there was an O in there, it would say thank you, Doc. I like that. I understand you came up with the name first. I sure did. I couldn't. I could have called myself DC like Mansoni. That is like the only way I could have possibly copied you anymore. Same initials. Similar name. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. Thank you, DC. I had a wonderful drive into work today. Got to hear DC go on for over 40 minutes, booking cards from the wrestler GIF randomizer. And it really did put me in a good mood. What the hell is he talking about? So on Monday, somebody posted one of those GIFs where it's like 50 wrestlers and it just keeps scrolling through. And it said, click twice to book your WrestleMania main event. So I clicked twice which then, so I booked one match. So then I was like, well, I might as well book two. And then I booked a whole card and then I booked nine cards. And then I recorded a buy the book about it. Did you release that? Yeah. I didn't see that on my feed. <laughs> I Are you sure you released it? I did. Brandon listened huh. to it. I didn't just send it to him. Buy the book. <laughs> Gift edition. How about that? It's in my podcast app. I can't uh, wait okay. for you to listen to it. We'll see how long that mood lasts now that I'm at work. But at least for now, I'm feeling good. I've got an ID. <laughs> I've got an idea. <laughs> DC. Why don't I have you pull an ID that... too. <laughs> yeah, most of us do. Uh, why don't you pull that GIF up, click on it like five or six times, and then you and Doc can that those. Take, take those. Can take those five or six wrestlers 
And you could, I don't know, rank them? <laughs> I see where this is going. And you could put wrestlers into a descending order based on the way you've ranked them. <laughs> Just a thought. Candlesticks? Quite the clue. Hmm. Sent for my iPhone. I teased Nerd DC's return. Because we could have taken... See, that's what I should have done. Is I should have taken the email from the DDT hype team and said... He's teasing the return of Nerd DC because he knows Nerd DC is coming back on episode 200. Well, that's clearly what it's about. And so at the end of the episode, I said, I like waited like 10 or 15 seconds of silence. And then I said, here's your clue. Candlesticks. And he thinks it has to do with the movie Clue or the game Clue. Brandon, I love you. Thank you for the email. Wrong. Think other famous candlesticks. Oh, my battery is running low. <laughs> you should do something about that. I should. And before, in the meantime, uh, Glenn Abbott. Really becomes, why aren't we doing the list? Really, honestly, what is your what is your problem with the list? Why can't my, we bring it back? My problem is right now, I get the episode of Sound Scary from GQ on the weekend. Okay. I have to spend Sunday or Sunday or Monday recording. Sir Gorstrom Craven. I have to spend the following evening splicing Creepy okay. Peace Theater into Sound Scary and posting it. We record on Wednesdays. I spend Thursday uh, revising this episode sure. and okay. posting it for Friday. That's, That's fine. the problem. I just need a reason. That's all I needed. That was a reason. So I've when... run out of time to podcast. How many more podcasts do you have in the hopper for Sound Scary? Um, four, I think. Okay. We so need to get recording, GQ. Although, in fairness, he texted me about this weekend. I should get back to him. I'll check my schedule. <sighs> Christmas cake! Hi, guys. It's time to start the seasonal baking again. And I was wondering, do you have Christmas cake and Christmas puddings over the festive season? And if you do, which one do you prefer? Send pics to DC's Twitter so you can tell which is which. Thanks, Glenn. Hold on. I'm retweeting you. That means I have to pull up Twitter. Yep. All right. Going to notifications. Sending it to the Babadoc. Eh? That's clever right there, right? Uh, If I knew what the Babadook was, yes. I'm probably not logged in. Okay, hold on. Here we go. Coming down. Um, We do not have puddings in the way you have puddings. I'm not seeing anything We, You you know, holiday desserts... In the Manson, f- no, I'm not Man. He's Manson. I'm Matthews. In the Matthews family household, how similar are those names again? I, I regret nothing. Um, sure. We have some homemade fudge that my mom makes. There's some homemade caramel corn that my mom makes. Uh, there's cookies aplenty that the champ hmm. makes. There yeah, might now, be some pies. I think I'm getting to the same point you are. Like in terms of like an actual like Christmas themed. Dessert? I don't think there are any in my yeah. life. I've debated making a Yule log because I've seen them before and I think they look interesting. Like the Isn't chocolate. that what you do every morning on the toilet? Why you got to go there? I went to Urban Dictionary. Give them the fangs doesn't pop up. Um, I was hoping it would be scatologically related. Oh, well. All right. Yeah. If we had to, we would have some. We don't have a cake. We have pies. Like what is that cake? Is that pie. like a fruit cake he's got a picture of? Is that what that it's is? It's a pudding. The pudding's on the left. The cakes are on the right. Oh, right. They have a weird definition of pudding. I forgot. Yeah. 
It's yeah. more like a bread pudding sort bread of Bread pudding, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Rice pudding. What kind of cakes are those on, on the right? I believe Glenn, that is a picture I think that Glenn made those cakes himself. Yeah, but this, what are they? I don't know. Cake. I, all I'm saying is Glenn, from the picture, I would info. eat them. That's all I know. Glenn, they more look info. good. All right, our final email of the evening comes from Danielle iPhone suggests. Oh my goodness. Danielle with a short email. I can read this one. Hello. Just sending an email. Can't think of anything to send this week. So let's see what the keyboard suggestions are from my iPhone colon. <laughs> What's your favorite thing about the next time you go to work? <laughs> Cheers, Danielle Sully Knight. I, that's, oh, Danielle, I love this. This is great. That's um it says some very sad things that this is what your iPhone is autofilling. <laughs> I'm sorry uh, that work is such a large part of your life. time I go to work. Truth be told, today was not my favorite day um, of work I've ever had. But tomorrow, let's see, what's happening tomorrow? My favorite what's thing about- What's your plan oh. on Monday morning at Eastern? Is that one day you could come home early? Might want to timestamp that. Oh, I think that could mean anything. Okay. <laughs> um, how do you do that? Like I just I, I typed what's to get it started, and then I just kept tapping the middle, middle? suggestion. Yeah. What's your favorite lunch? Lunch today. <laughs> <laughs> that says everything we need to know about DC menus. <laughs> what's your favorite lunch? Lunch today. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. It knows me well, this phone. It knows it me well. Uh, um, what's your favorite the next time you go to work? Hmm. Oh, taco salad. That's for lunch. I'm excited about that. Do you eat the lunches at work? Not often. Like, not often, but, but taco, taco salad's salad. pretty good. Okay. All right. My favorite thing about the next time I go to work, so that would be tomorrow. My favorite thing about tomorrow is... Oh, I probably because I get to go help out with that animation class. I like that yeah. class. That's fun. That'll be fun. Tomorrow, I think, is their final submissions. I mean, well, not final submissions. They have a couple more weeks to work on the project. But it's the last time I will see the submissions before I see the actual final products. So their last opportunity for feedback from the subject matter expert, which I so humbly refer to myself as. You are an expert in many things. Like your piece of positivity, what's that? Huh. You know, we got all the way to the piece of positivity, and I I didn't think to come up with one. We've been doing this for t almost 200 episodes now, and somehow I always get caught by surprise that I'm going to need a piece of positivity at the end of this show. DC Matthews, why don't you go first? Okay. Oh, uh, well, let's see. I did enjoy Raw, but that wasn't what I was going to do. Oh, okay. Um, so people know I've been doing the month to find your happy. And the problem you run into is once you frame your mind into looking for good things, or at least this is what I find, um, I start looking for enough of them that I'm like, I have too many. Like, I can't post multiple things in a day. I was coming up with bonus finds your happies and all of that sort of thing. Um, so I've turned it into the list of find your happy because I love a good list. 
And so I'm now going to just see how high I can get. I'm up to, I think, 29, counting the month of Find Your Happy. And I'm just going to see how high I go. I'm going to try to get to at least 100, if not At what more. point do you start ranking the things that you're happy about? Glenn suggested that. He said at the top of your list of things that make you happy has to be a list, which is true. But no, I'm not going to rank it. I Hey, I, think you have I keep to rank holding it. out hope. I keep holding out hope that you're going to be back. And if not, then I'm going to have to figure something else out. And I can't do it by myself. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe I'll just go. I'll be a man on the street. <laughs> I'll just walk up to random people at the grocery store and be like, Randy Savage or Dusty Rhodes? Who you got? And after I get arrested, I'll, <laughs> I'll ask other people. Yeah. Um, All right. That sounds positive. So, yeah. Um, so I, I'm enjoying piece... that because, again, like it's a mindset thing. Yeah. My piece of positivity is that today is not yesterday. Yesterday, okay. I woke up and went to work. And um, I, I was going out. I was going to work as usual, go out into the garage to get in the car and. The front passenger tire is 100% flat. Oh. 100%. Like just. Like slashed. Resting like on punctured. the wheel. And I wasn't sure. So I go. I've got a little device that I can use to pump up the tire. I figure get some air in there. I can maybe drive it to a local garage. Get it looked at. Pumped up. Or, you know, like pump it up myself. Get it looked at. Maybe get it plugged. If I have to put a spare on, I've got a spare that mm -hmm. I could put on. So I, I pump up the tire, and I, that takes a while because, like I said, it was, like, bone dry. And this thing that I have doesn't put air in very quickly. Then, once I got this in, it looks like it's holding the air pretty well. I, and once I've got it up enough, I see, oh, yeah, yeah, it looks like I ran over a screw. So that's where it's leaking the air from. Okay, well, I could probably just drive this down to the local garage, get it plugged. Won't be that wait for work. I'll be able to get over to my second job uh, to teach. Not a problem. And let me just jump in here behind the wheel and turn the car on and sputter, sputter, sputter. Cannot get the car to turn on. You were not meant to go to work. The engine just would not turn over. Uh, I had to call AAA. They had to send somebody out to give me a jump because all my neighbors were gone. So by the time they got there, they jumped the car. It gets started. I can then now I can finally drive it over to the garage. Yeah. And as I get it there, I'm like, hey. Tire, plug, battery, integrity, check, change, question mark. Sat there for an hour while they did that. And I got done with just enough time to go to work at my second job. Well, so you didn't go to your first job. No, there was no way I could make it. I wasn't done at the garage until 11 o'clock. And at 11 o'clock, I went to go get gas because I'd been running low on gas. So I go to get gas, and I say to myself, oh, they just did a thing with the tire. I had to get the wheel lock key out so they could take the wheel off the car so they could do that. And I said, I put that in the cup holder thing. I wonder if they put it back in the cup holder. Go over to the cup holder. No wheel lock key. I say, okay, that's weird. Well, maybe they just put it in a different cup holder. No. Maybe they put it in the back where the spare is. No. Motherfucker. Get back into the car, go back to the garage, go back up to the counter and say, hey, I was just here. Do you have my wheel lock key? Because, like, you know, I'm, I'm never going to be able to get the wheels off my damn car again without this thing. Um, and they're like, oh, no, I don't think we even used it. And I was like, well, I don't have it. I left it in the cup holder. It's not there. Could you go check? And they said, OK, we'll go check. And he comes back and he has it. Thank God. 
He's like, I'm so sorry. We never do that. We never hold on to these. It's very important to make sure these go. I was like, yeah, I know it's very important to give those back, but you, you don't say you never do it because you just did it. But give it to me. It's fine. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> that was My another precious. 15 freaking minutes. You know what I mean? All right. Um, but yeah, so yesterday was a day. So not a great and day. And today was much less of a day. So well, good. that was good. Good. Well, all right. Things are trending in a positive direction. Well, yeah, why not? We'll go with that. Yeah. We're on the way to 200. That's a positive direction. Two. We've been on the way to 200 since the first episode, technically. Yes, but we're on the home stretch. I can see 200 in the distance. I can see the troll waving to us, wanting to be welcomed back with open arms. And I will hug that troll. And I will say, welcome back. Welcome home. Will you give him a dirty pumpkin? No. But I might give him the fangs. Ooh. <laughs> uh, anything else you'd like to say, Doc Manson, before we head out into that good night? If you'd like to have your thoughts right on the air, you can do so by sending a message to podcast at ddtwrestling.com. If you enjoyed this episode, you can listen to our entire back catalog by going to ddtpod.com or to your podcast repository of choice, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. And finally, if you like what you've heard, and how could you? Head on over to patreon.com forward slash DDT wrestling to send just a little bit of financial support to DC and Doc. It helps keep the lights on and the podcast train choo choo a chugging. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Brandon Mack plays Gears 5, and hopefully he's going to add you on the th- whatever you need to do to be able to play. Until we meet again, my friends, won't you be? Our bestie. Is this 196? I think so. (laughs) Okay.